The scripture text this morning is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 8, starting at verse 4. When a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and as it was, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. As he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples began questioning him as to what this parable meant. And he said, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables, so that seeing they may, they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root. They believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are those who have heard, and as they go on their way they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Now no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a container or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. So take care how you listen. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, shall be taken away from him. Last Sunday I posed the question, why preaching has such a prominent place in our corporate worship services? And today and next Sunday, I want to address the question of how to prepare for preaching, that is, to hear it, and how to respond to it. So last Sunday was my responsibility in preaching and today is your responsibility in hearing. So I chose a text that's all about hearing, listening, how you hear. And the first thing I want to do then is try to show you that that is in fact the case, that this text that Rod just read is all about hearing. It is a a sobering text for preachers. Because is it doesn't hold out prospect for great success in terms of statistics. 
and numbers of people who are going to be lastingly changed. One in four, perhaps. If you take this parable of the soils to give some kind of pointer or hint toward the responsiveness of a typical crowd to the preaching of the Word of God. Now, I, I doubt that the point of Jesus is that you can always count on 25% of the people having lasting fruit in their life, or you can only count on 25% of the people having lasting fruit in their life. I don't think that's the point of the parable. Nevertheless, the fact that Jesus would dare to use something like that, three abortions of the word and one successful birth of the word in a crowd of four, there's got to be something to that. So this text is not a very encouraging text in the sense that it tells a preacher, you can make this thing happen. You can, you can get fruit. You can get results. You can make people change lastingly. So I think the text, as far as preaching goes, has a humbling effect in that it keeps you from being cocky, thinking you can manage this thing called human transformation, get people to bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold, as Matthew's version says. This text says, probably not. It's also a, a warning against discouragement, I think. There are people who will respond and will change. Sometimes people say that the day of preaching is over because monologues or one-directional speaking is not very effective in our day. You know what the answer to that is? It's never been very effective. Nor has any other form of communication. If effectiveness is measured statistically in how many people proportionately between those who hear and those who are profoundly, deeply transformed, it's never been very effective nor has any other form of communication. So beware lest you flee from the frying pan of preaching into the fire of dialogue or drama or discussion or whatever else might be put in its place. The problem is not in the method of communication. The problem is in the human heart. And it's stated very clearly in Matthew 7:14. The reason you get one out of four, maybe, is because the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are but few who find it. Luke 13, 24, therefore says, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. First three soils. The way is narrow. Strive to enter by the narrow gate, because many 
will sit under the preaching of the word and will not be changed. So it's sobering for a preacher. But what this text is about is not preaching. It's about hearing. It's about hearing. It's about seeing and not seeing, hearing and not hearing. It's about people who think they've heard and they haven't heard. And so it's all about you and how you get ready on Saturday night and Sunday morning. And right now, what are you doing in your heart as I'm talking? Are you coasting? Are you drifting? Are you dreaming? Are you floating? Or are you engaged? I spoke at Wheaton five times on Monday through Wednesday. And one fellow here was asleep and another back there was asleep. And another kid over here was slouched down like this, looking right at me. And I wanted to say to him, you know, it, it's, it, this is not good for your mother for me to see you like this. But I didn't stop. I knew that's what would happen. I, and I didn't look at them very long. I just, Ross and I, we went about our business. Ross praying in the balcony and me preaching on the platform. And we did our business and God moved and it was good. So I'm not, I'm not naive. I know that people sleep in these services. I know that your mind is all over the place. I know that some of you are in such unbelievable pain that you can scarcely muster being here, let alone listening, and it'll be an almighty miracle if you pick up one sentence, and I pray it's the right sentence for you. So it it's not as though it has to be a perfect situation. But it's about hearing. This text is about hearing. And next Sunday I'm going to be really practical. I'm going to be more textually oriented this morning and get the meaning here before you and the next Sunday I'm going to unpack it practically about Saturday night and Sunday morning and coming into the service. How do we come into the service? How should we come into the service? How do you get ready in your pew to deal with God? Let me try to uh, show you from this text that it's about hearing. But first, I think I should pray. Lord, before we move any farther here, I want to ask that you would give an ear. This text says, let him who has ears hear. That's a frightening word. Because it implies some people have ears but don't have ears. Some people have eyes and don't have eyes. God, I ask now that ears within ears would be given. That the hearing of the heart would be granted to the hearing of the head. That hearts would be made soft and touchable by the word. Come, great Christ, and speak again what you spoke once in Palestine. In your name I ask it. Amen. Verse 5. He begins his parable of the soils and says, The sower went out to sow his seed. Then verse 11 gives the interpretation of what that is. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So he's telling a parable about seed sown 
That is, the word of God preached. But the parable is about hearing. Four responses. Four kinds of hearing. Let's just trace them through so you see them. Verse 5. The seed or the word fell beside the road and it was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air ate it up. What's the interpretation? Verse 12. Those beside the road are those who have heard. I'll just mark that as it comes. It's coming in every one of these verses. Those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. Some people don't even make it out of the room before the word is gone. Tragic. Damnation. This is tragic. That's one kind of hearing. Here's the second kind of hearing. Verse 6. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Interpretation, verse 13. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, there it is again, receive the word with joy. These have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. Fair weather faith. Good until the storm comes, and then it's gone. It's not real faith. It's just temporary enthusiasm about the good feeling in the service, or get somebody off your back in an evangelism setting, or... Because everybody else is doing it in this youth group or whatever. That's one kind of hearing. Verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns and thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Interpretation, verse 14. The seed which fell among thorns, these are those who have heard. There it is again. Have heard another kind of hearing and as they go on their way are choked with the worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity so you're sitting there now are you worrying about something watch out it's a killer it's a killer to hearing do you have some pleasure that you're longing for this afternoon so much innocent or evil Watch out. Watch out. It can just suck you right out of this room and bring no fruit. That's a third kind of hearing. Verse 8. Other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. Interpretation, verse 15. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have Heard, there it is the fourth time, have heard. This is a parable about hearing. Who have heard the word and in an honest and good heart hold it fast. So they bring a good heart to the room. They bring a good, honest heart to the room. And they hold fast and then they go out and it bears fruit with perseverance. That's a fourth kind of hearing. Now, lest we make a mistake, 
Jesus drives home that this is all about hearing in the next words in verse 8. Verse 8, back to verse 8. He concludes his parable like this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That means it's not enough to have ears on your head. Right? Everybody's got ears on his head. But not everybody has ears to hear on his head. There are ears on your head and there's ears inside. To have ears that hear, you have to go deeper than the ears on your head. Everybody in this room, I just woke up that little baby up there. Even that little baby has ears on his head. And so that baby is hearing, but he doesn't understand anything. If he did, he wouldn't cry. And you're all hearing what I have said. And I've probably lifted my voice often enough to wake a few of you up. And so everybody's hearing, but not everybody's hearing. That's what that text says. Let him who has ears to hear, that kind of ears, hear. There are spiritual ears. And there are these physical appendages with this little membrane inside that wiggles and sends nerve impulses to the brain and we compute them as sounds and, and all that can happen and nothing spiritual happen. There's another ear here and it hears and it tastes and it delights and it holds and it savors and it loves and it believes and it obeys and it will die not to lose what it has heard and that's the kind of hearing we're after that fourth soil kind of hearing then he has another way of stressing that this is all about hearing In verses 9 and 10, you have these amazing words about the purpose of the parables. His disciples began questioning him, verse 9, as to what this parable meant. And in verse 10, he said, To you, it has been granted, given freely, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is in parables, so that, this is a strange word, and a terrible word, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. That's a shocking word, is it not? Why are you talking in parables? Don't you know that they can be misinterpreted? They're a little bit opaque. They're, 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 you can't sometimes get the handle on what you're meaning. Why are you talking like this? To you whom I have chosen, I explain everything and reveal the mysteries of the kingdom. To the rest, I talk in parables so that they will not understand. Whew. 
But to the rest it is in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Understanding is a gift. To you it has been granted. To you it has been given to understand, to know. What in the world is Jesus saying here? What about all those other people? What's he doing here? He's quoting Isaiah 6, 9. Do you remember what God commissioned Isaiah to do? It wasn't a happy job. Preaching, preaching, folks, is not always a happy job. Listen to this commission. I'll read you the text that he's quoting from Isaiah 6 so you can get the sense of what Jesus is doing here in quoting this. Isaiah, God said to Isaiah after that great appearance of his glory and his holiness, he put the coal of fire on his mouth, took away his sin, and now said, he said, here am I, he said, here's what I want you to do. Go and tell this people, keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. And then God said to him in verse 10 of Isaiah 6, Render the hearts of this people fat or insensitive, their ears dull and their eyes dim. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. This is judgment. What we're reading here both in Isaiah 6 and in Luke 8 is judgment. There is a judgment, folks, in the world and not just at the end of the world. Did you know that? There is judgment in the world and not just at the end of the world. Remember Romans 1. He has handed them over to their depraved mind. He has given them up to a debased mind. The time is out. It is over. And the function of preaching when that moment arrives in a human's life is no longer salvation, but hardening. The sun can melt and the sun can bake. This text is about hearing. Will you melt or will you bake in the sun of the word? Even when the word of God does not soften and save and heal as I long for it to do, it does not mean the word of God is becoming ineffective because there is another terrible effect appointed for the word of God namely to harden and to dull and to blind and to deafen I almost cried when I when I saw that on Saturday morning and I found myself saying, Lord, I'm not sure I want this job. And, and, and at that moment, I believe God brought to my mind 2 Corinthians 2, 
where Paul cried out, you remember, who is sufficient for these things? And you know what he had just said? We are the aroma of Christ. The fragrance of life unto life for those who believe and the fragrance of death unto death for those who don't. A sermon at one moment is life and death. It's an issue of hearing. This text is about hearing. So now we come to one last word about hearing. And it's in an odd place. I'm thinking of verse 18. I say it's in an odd place because it is interrupted by these two verses, 16 and 17, which are about light and lamp. I'm going to pass over those verses and take them up next week and show how they relate. That They seem to be out of place because verse 18 clearly relates to the parable of the soils. You'll see this in just a minute. But in between verse 18 and the end of the interpretation of the parable of the soils, you have these two verses about the lamp that's not hidden but put on a lampstand coming right after words about mysteries of the kingdom given only to some. A lamp is not put under a bushel, it's put on a lampstand. So why are you telling the secret to just a few and hiding them to so many? You see the issue? We'll talk about it next week. But I want to get, in closing, a handle on the conclusion of this parable, which is all about hearing, because I want you to be a hearing people. I love to preach. It is my life. If you didn't want me to preach, I'd go somewhere else where they want me to preach. Because that's what God has called me to do. For now, anyway. <laughs> For now. I mean, this is a hard text. I do not like the thought of being the instrument of anybody's hardening. That scares me. I don't like that. But you're called to something awesome. That's what this text is all about. Hearing. And so what does verse 18 say? It says, Therefore, or so, this is the inference drawn out now, Therefore, take care how you hear or listen. Take care. Look at it. Think about it. So I'm sure I'm saying this to some of you for the first time. Think about how you hear. 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 Don't assume hearing is easy. Don't assume hearing is a small thing or a simple thing or an easy thing or that it just comes naturally. It doesn't. Hearing is huge. It's just as huge as preaching. 
There's a calling on your life on the weekend. Hear the Word of God. There's a calling on your life. You think, you think I've got a calling on my life on Friday and Saturday? You've got a calling on your life on Friday and Saturday. What do you do on Friday and Saturday? Get ready to do this great thing. Sure, I've got to do my job. But this text is all about how my job is futile if you don't do your job. Do you see that? This text is all about you. This text is all about your high calling to hear the Word of God. And yes, I can blow it. I am not a perfect preacher. I can make mistakes. I can be... My, my attitude can be wrong. My balance can be wrong. I can, I can misinterpret texts. And all the more reason why you need to be alert and vigilant. But even when I do my job as good as a human can do it from time to time, it can fail if you don't do your job. So let's just, let's, let's get at this verse 18 for just a moment. Take heed how you hear. And then the rest of the verse gives reasons. A positive one and a negative one. It says, For whoever has, to him shall more be given. So what do you have when you come in here? That's the issue. If you have, you'll get. This is not hard. If you have, you'll get. What do you bring? What do you bring? Nothing. Carelessness, coasting, sleepiness, worries, pleasures, choking you. What preparations have you made for this high calling of hearing the Word of God? Then negatively, and whoever does not have... Even what he thinks he has will be taken away. What does that refer to? Let's take the positive half first. He who has, more will be given. That refers back to verse 8, doesn't it? He who has, has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear will receive, will get more. So you got to labor to get ears. You got to labor to get ears. I wish you could have heard the people praying in the prayer room about an hour ago. God give us ears. God give us ears. We got to have ears. If we don't have, we don't get. You see that? I think it also refers to verse 15 where the the good soil is an honest and good heart. You need an honest and good heart to get more fruit from the hearing. You see that in verse 15? The seed sown in the good soil. These are those who hear the word in an honest and good heart. That's what they brought into the room. That's what they got on Friday. That's what they got on Saturday. They repented. They cleansed themselves. They sought the Lord. They got a good heart. And they brought it to worship on Sunday. 
And they, they received the word and the word sunk in the good soil. There was moisture. There was fertilizer. And it took root. And when they walked out, they loved the word. They got the word. They understood the word. Already it was making its way up out of the seed. And by the end of the week, it was out in branches of obedience bearing fruit. But that didn't come from me. That came, it says, from being a good heart. The seed is the same. I just give the same seed to everybody. It can't be me who's making the difference here, folks. Because some people are goofing off on Friday and others are bearing fruit on Friday. What's the difference? The heart you bring. In a honest, in an honest and good heart, come. So, the the positive side is, if you have, you will get. That is, if you have a good heart and ears to hear, you will get the word and you will get fruit. Now, the second half is negative. Whoever does not have, last part of verse 18, whoever does not have even what he thinks he has shall be taken away. And that refers to the the first three soils. Just look at them and you'll see it. Verse 12. What do they think they have? They think they have the word and the devil has already snatched it away. What they think they have will be taken away. The devil snatches it away in verse 12. So the word is now landing on many of you right now. We got, what, two, three minutes to go. The word is landing on many of you. And you think you've got it. And you don't have it. The devil's going to take it before you leave. Why? Because there's no good heart there. There's no good heart. There's a resistant heart. There's a hard heart. There's an unbelieving heart. There's a doubting heart. There's a heart that just says, get out of my space don't like preaching. I don't like being told what to do. I don't like being told to change. People told me to change all my life. I'm sick of being told what to do by God or anybody or something. There's a heart that is hearing but not hearing. And the devil's going to have it before you leave. And you will numb yourself out with television this afternoon. That's tragic. That's tragic. And I say with Jesus... Take heed how you're here. The second soil, verse 13, what do they have? What do they think they have? They think they have not only the word, but faith and joy. But what do they not have? They don't have any root. You see that? They have no root. Enthusiasm. Ready to go, Piper. Good sermon. I like this church. And no root, no change, no sacrifice, no love, no courage, no boldness, no purity, no holiness. And along comes a little trial. She's got cancer. Kids flipped out on drugs. Where are you, God? There's no faith there. All you needed was a little trouble 
to show you what your heart really is. People that turn on God in trouble never knew God. And, the, and the lastly, verse 13, the third soil, or verse uh, 14, sorry, verse 14. What do they think they have that is going to be taken away? Well, they think they have the Word of God, but along come worries, along come riches, along come pleasures, and choke, and the life they thought they had is gone. So trial can kill you and pleasures can kill you. We need the Word of God and we need hearts to hear. So let me close and appeal to you. I appeal to you with all my heart. Take heed how you hear. There's a hearing that barely gets started. And then the devil takes the word. There is a hearing that lasts until life gets hard. And then it stops hearing and starts murmuring. There is a hearing that flourishes for a while and then riches and pleasures come. And, well, that looks more attractive after all. I can barely remember what the pastor said. And then there's a hearing. And this is what you want. So pray this. There is a hearing that defeats the devil, endures trial, scorns riches, and bears fruit. Let me say that again. There is a hearing that defeats the devil, endures trial, scorns riches, and bears fruit. That's what we want. Now, here's the way I want to close the service. You're sitting there saying, okay, okay, okay. What do I do? What do I do? Next Sunday is the nitty-gritty answer. Right now, I'll give you the deepest answer. And I, I take it from Psalm 40, verse 6, where David said, Sacrifice thou dost not desire, but thou hast opened my ear. This is the work of God, and therefore, we must ask for it. So I want to end the service with prayer. All right? Let's bow. And I want to give you an opportunity, very concertedly, to join me. I'm not pointing my finger at you. I have just as much struggle as you hearing the Word of God. And we want to ask the Lord corporately now, for ears to hear. For a good and honest heart that when the Word of God, whether read or discussed or preached, lands on it, the seed sinks in. It's enveloped in moisture. Root goes down into grace. It comes up into branches of obedience. And it abides through suffering and it abides through pleasures that's the kind of hearing we want. So let's just, I'm going to let you do business here for 30 seconds or so in quietness. And then I'll close in prayer. Let's stand together. Oh, Father in heaven, I want to pray for us as a people now.
This has been a word that in, in, in parts has been hard because there's this scary truth that I could be preaching and baking instead of softening right now. And I don't want that to happen. I pray for softening in our people. I pray for softness in my own heart to the Word of God and all of its truth and any blind spots I have to be taken away and any hardness in my life to be crumbled and broken and melted. I know I speak for hundreds right now. And I ask your blessing on your people. You love them, Lord. Love them with open ears. Love them with hearts that hear. Love them with good and honest soil. Grant that Satan would be bound and not pluck the seed off the soil as we leave this place. And now the Lord bless you. The Lord give you ears to hear. The Lord give you a good heart. The Lord give you a week of fruit bearing and joy that lasts. And all the people said, Amen. You're dismissed.